It is a fact. Like, honestly, the Cowboys fans are, are crazy out here. It's it's so great to come here. And feel you're right about crazy, more like delusional. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We're just very passionate, you know. But that's what happens when you are rooting for America's team. I think you know, Reds, Ravens fans are coming out um, a little bit more stronger this year. I'm not a Ravens fan, but you know, Lamar, he's, he's oh, yeah. great. So I I do support him, but you know, straight Cowboys all day, every day. Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardi. Those are great guys on all social media platforms and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming live here inside the studios at WNSC. Here along with my ride partner, Michael Gray, back at it again. Mike from the DMV area. It's been a week and a half. <laughs> long time no here. How's it is, my partner? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. It's a long time no here. Peace and love. Everything is well. Um, you know, like you said, it's been a long week. It's been a grinded out, but uh, it's been a very rewarding week as well. So, how about you, man? We're doing good. We're doing well. We had a chance to uh, be down there in the bubble uh, a, a week and a half ago. Got a chance to catch up with some of my guys, Donovan Mitchell, Warsaw Neal, others too. Um, so it was fun down there, um, getting a chance to cover the NBA, a historical NBA season that's never been here in Orlando. So that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, health, wealth, and um, we're here. We're good to go. Who won that? Let me ask you Who won that ping pong battle between Ovois O'Neill and Donovan Mitchell? Oh man, Donovan Mitchell won that, man. Don- Donovan won that. Donovan <laughs> won that. Donovan won that. I got clips for you too, my man. Yeah, I got yeah, clips for you too. That looked, that looked very interesting. That it looked- was intense. It was intense. It was. It was in- these. These guys are. One thing people don't know: these guys are as competitive on the court and off the court. Like you know, they're buddies. They they're having fun and friends and stuff like that, but. Like when it comes to games, when it comes to, I was in the hallway, and um, because there's an east wing and there's a west wing, uh huh, and um, I was hanging out, I think, in the west wing because the side that I was on, I was hanging out, I was in the the hotel area with with the Milwaukee Bucks, 
with the Miami Heat and some other people. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, you know, I'm walking to the East Wing and it's like a major ballroom. You got all you could eat buffets for all the NBA players. So while I'm walking towards there to get me some food, I saw, um, you know, a very intense like coin flip like battle. And, and I forgot who it was. I want to say it was between um, George Hill and, and and Kyle Corver. It, it was the Bucks, but okay. there, there there was there was basically gambling on a coin flip, saying heads or tails and stuff like that. It, it's it's fun. It's it's really fun out there. But those guys are, are incredibly, um, you know, determined and and they're incredibly competitive off and on the court. It's crazy. So I had a blast down there, no doubt. That's dope, man. That, that seems like an interesting battle to uh to, to gamble for the, the heads and tails because it's really 50-50. So it's 50-50, exactly. Yeah. I can do it. I can do it because the odds, you know what I'm saying? You could you could <laughs> let you could win twice and then lose seven straight. You know what yep. I'm saying? So yep. it's 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 fun. It's fun. But it, it was it was a blast. Got a chance to connect and network out there, but it, it was a blast there for you. What's popping in the DMV? Mm. Well, well, it's not, it's not it's not too much right now, you know. I I don't know if you saw it, but a couple of days ago at my Mystics, we had a we were the AFC going into the playoffs, and we had a single elimination game against the Phoenix Mercury. We played tough, Sebi. We hung hard, you know. Hines uh, uh, Allen played an amazing game. The rest of the girls they played played forward hard. Unfortunately, we blew the lead in the second half, and Phoenix came back with uh, with Skylar Diggins Smith and. And others, of course, Diana Taurasi, they they came back and they they hit a game winner on us and beat us eighty five to eighty four to knock us out of the seat, uh, out of the out of the rest of the playoffs and then they move on to the second round. It was a great season by my Mystics, even though we started off uh, pretty well. Then we in the middle of the season we fell off into a big time slump. The fact that they were able to you know hang tight and not give up on the season and continue to get some wins at the end of the regular season to put them in a position to get to the playoffs. Uh, I salute. I, I tip my head off to them. They really showed the the heart of a champion that last part of the season, and uh, we just came up short by one point. But uh, next year, when we get all our horses back, I know we'll be fine, and we'll, we'll be back trying to regain our title. No doubt, no doubt, there for sure. Diana, oh yeah, yeah. How oh, about that? Oh, I, seven. I I can't say this enough, man. I I have to give props to the Washington football team. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I have to. Yep. I have to, man. I, I, I'm I'm telling you right now. I'm starting to notice a culture change in, in Washington, man. When you, when it looks like it, because the Eagles went up seventeen nothing, and you know, I'm thinking, okay, same old Redskins. We lose to the Eagles or lose to somebody in the top of the division, same old thing. No, this team continued to fight. This team continued to show so something different to me. Sebi, they showed heart. They showed they showed grit. They showed toughness. They, but they showed that it's a it might be a, a, a different culture in Washington right now. Ron Rivera. The energy that he's bringing to this team, and you just see these guys have a never say die attitude. And some of the players that they've implemented into this team, it's it's crazy. You know, I ain't gonna lie, I'm. I know it's only week one, but this is gonna be one of the best, if not the best, defensive line in football, all across the board. I agree. When you look at what these guys can do, I mean, this Redskins team is special, and excuse me, this Washington football team is special, and they 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 put that on display week one. Um, Dwayne Haskins wasn't great, but he wasn't. Uh, terrible to the point where he lost the game for them. And to be honest with you, if he can continue to play like this and the running game can, with Peyton Barber and those guys can continue to to, to get going, uh, this is going to be a scary team and a team that everybody else, in, not only in the NFC East, but in the NFC might have to look, look forward to for the rest of the way. Yep, I agree there with you as well. Um, that's that front. They're probably going to be what the 49ers were last year. Mm. Uh, they have got at least five 
first round draft picks in that front for seven. And they are going to be a handful for any opposing quarterback. So kudos to that. And that's what's been going on in the DMV per Michael Gray himself. We want to start off today with the NBA, Mike. There's a lot that's been going on, but of course, everything is kicked into gear. We're in the conference finals now. We've got the Heat and the Boston Celtics the first time since 1984. We don't have a one or two seed playing in the conference final, which is actually baffling to me. But, mm-hmm. you know, the stats in history don't lie, and that's what we at right now. In the Western Conference, we've got the comeback kids from the mile high, the Denver Nuggets. And, boy, they've showed me that these kids got heart. Led by Jokic and Murray, they're going to go up against the Los Angeles Lakers. We were stripped from having to see the Battle of L.A. due to the Clippers' epic meltdown. But, Mike, we're here where we're at. And what stands out to you in these two conference finals? Well, what stands out to me, obviously, for for Miami and Boston is just their their, their toughness, man. Miami's toughness and Miami's grit and never say that attitude in these first two games have been absolutely sensational. They play for four quarters. They don't wilt. They, uh, they don't wilt under pressure when they get down by a big time deficit in double digits. They don't fold. They don't, um, you know, worry or panic. They have enough continuity and trust within within this organization. And I think that starts with the leadership, man. When you look at Miami, you got to think about it. obviously Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra, who are you know top notch at their at what they do. But if you can look at on that bench and guys that don't get a lot of playing time, but they're veterans on that. They're champions on that. On that roster, and Udonis Haslam, who's the OG of the team, who, who who's who's you know, he's Udonis Haslam. He's been that guy with the Heat for years. And then you have Andre Iguodala. Even though these guys don't get big time minutes, they're coaching these guys, they're mentoring these guys, they're, they're, uh, these players, they're uh, coaching them up and putting them in positions and telling them where to go and telling them how to how to react in this situation, react in this situation because they've been there before. So that that's an important aspect, in my opinion, for this Miami team is the fact that. These young guys and the guys that's on the court, they had, and then on top of that, your leader is somebody like Jimmy Butler, who's, you know, it seems like this team just holds everybody accountable for their actions. And what I've seen from these last couple of games is a team that, when Boston gets up, they they continue to play and they continue to fight and then they continue to scrap on the defensive end as well. It's it's a, it's a it's been a great matchup so far. I still have Boston winning this. I still have Boston winning the series, and Boston still is capable of winning the series because they were easily they easily could be up two two zero right now if they handled their business and stay stay composed throughout the entire four quarters of the game. So I still have Boston winning this series. Um, I, Brad Stevens is one of those coaches that he's going to make adjustments. He's going to put his guys in position for Game Three. Game Three is a must win, obviously. You know, for Boston, they win this game, they they're back in the hunt. But if they lose, it's over. So. Game three is the pivotal game, but I still have Boston winning this series in, in seven games. Um, but Miami right now, they're all to a great start, and they they just they, they, they look like a well-oiled machine right now. In Miami, 10-1, and one, Mike, uh, okay. in, the, in these playoffs. I think we talked about the Suns benefiting from no travel. We talked about the Blazers getting all their playmakers back. You talk about Lillard and Yusef Nurchich, and obviously you know what they did to at least get into the postseason. But the Miami Heat, I think, is one of those teams, too, that's benefited the most from this restart. Talk about a team that was a fifth seed who was pretty much up and down and rather pedestrian uh, in the course of the regular season. But here in the postseason, I think that they just turned it on. Eric Spolscher, what he's done, he's taken minutes away from Myers Leonard. And what he's done, he's played more minutes for Hero, more minutes for Bam Adebayo, 
-hmm. and less minutes for Derek Jones Jr. and Iguodala. Why? Because you can switch everything. And then not only that, that versatility that they have as well, Mike, benefits them defensively. That's where they've made their mark too. I I look at this offense and I see, you know, I see a mirror of Golden State. You see Bam Adebayo bringing the ball up. That's your Draymond Green role. Mm-hmm. You got Duncan Hero and, and Dun- <laughs> Duncan Robinson, excuse me, and then Hero uh, playing off ball with Steph and Clay, and then everybody else is buying in. So y- y- the the way that they cut, the way that they set um, flare screens, pin down screens, it makes your defense work every inch of the court, and their half court sets are amazing. So uh, this Miami Heat, you know, the Boston Celtics, they got their work cut out for them. Obviously, you can't blow double-digit leads and expect to win in this in the, in this league. And so, um, look, something's gonna have to step up. I thought Kimball Walker needed to step up in Game Two. We got his best game in Game Two. Mm-hmm. He lost. Marcus Smart had twenty-nine in Game One. You got his best game and you lost. So you start playing the odds here, and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> I mean, we're blowing these leads, and these guys are playing well. Is that going to continue to duplicate? Can that translate later on in the series? And so I'm looking at it here and, and you know, people always say, hey, it's coaching this, it's coaching that. Sometimes I think these players got to be held accountable, Mike. You know, you got the lead and then you blow it. And the great Pat Riley, obviously now, very happy that his team is up 2-0, um, GM of the Miami Heat. He used to say, Mike, in the 80s and 90s when he used to coach the Lakers and the Knicks, he used to say, no rebound, no ring. How do you get pounded on the glass after being up so much mm-hmm. throughout the first half? And, and I'm asking myself, no rebound, no ring? Of course that's not going to happen. You look at the body language of this Boston Celtics team. You know, 60 points in the first half, only about 40 in the second. And the zone did have something to do for that, my guy. I, I have to give credit to Spolster. That zone did do that. You see these guys settling, taking jump shots. If you're not making the jump shots, you got to attack the basket. They weren't doing that. And, and then when you get a guy like Bam Adebayo who just woke up and came alive in that third quarter, I thought that was the difference maker. And now, you know, the Celtics have a 0-2 hole that they got to climb and try to see if they can get back in the series. Yeah, they absolutely do, man. It's, it's tough because, like, like you said, that zone really – really hurt them a lot because in the first half, Boston was pretty much getting whatever they want. And they were looking like the Celtics. They were moving the basketball. They were knocking down the three-point shots. And when they when they, when they they started looking like that, along with playing great defense, they're a scary basketball team. In the second half, they they uh, they didn't continue that. They didn't stay composed. They let the zone rattle them, which is why I expect Brad Stevens to make the adjustments for when Miami does go back to zone again. Uh, or this is how we attack it. Or this is how we can, can combat that. So, I, I expect the adjustments to be made by the Celtics, and I expect them to to come out even more aggressive uh, for more consistent um, throughout four quarters for Game Three. I agree. I agree with that with you there as well. Um, we shift gears and we go to the Western Conference here. Oh yeah, the comeback kids, Denver. What what a performance they've had in this postseason. Down three one to Utah. Donovan Mitchell and the upstart Jazz, and then they just find a way. They grind things out. And they force a game seven, and <laughs> Conley doesn't make that shot. We would have a different story here, yeah. but um, they get it done. And then, of course, they get to go up against the Clippers, the mighty, mighty Los Angeles Clippers. There's no way they have a chance, right? Wrong. They go down three one, and and the telling story of this series, Mike, is I thought w- 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 
we can talk about you know the epic failures of the Los Angeles Lakers, if uh, Clippers, excuse me, if they're cursed, if it's a Donald Sterling curse, never making to a conference finals. But I got to give Michael Malone some some uh, kudos and some respect here. Down three one, what he did is he went all small. So what he did is he said, "All right, okay, cool. You guys want to play like that? More minutes for Jeremy Grant at the four. Yeah. And yep. more minutes for Gary Harris at the three. Reasons why. Three and D guy. They both can defend and they both can what? Shoot the ball on the opposite end. What I like about this Denver team is, Mike, is Jeremy Grant. He's a legit 6'9". You know, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard's only 6'7". But, you know, you can't really stop a Kawhi Leonard. But can you slow them down? Can you make him think? Can you make him hesitate? Can you make him dribble? Can you make him take contested jump shots? That's what Jeremy Grant did. Opposite end, you know, I don't want to say pandemic P, but that's the that's the telling story that's been going on on Twitter. Paul George and his postseason failures again. What does Michael Malone do? A legit six five guard on six eight. Paul George, you put Gary Harris on him, and you know Gary Harris, he's he's a feisty competitor as well. So I, I thought for all the noise that we talk about Denver for all these years, past three or four years. They're great offensively, but what are you going to get from them defensively? I thought the 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 telling story of that series is what Michael Malone did and their defense along with stopping those guys was the difference maker. And Jokic was the best player in the series. You coming into the series, you, you thought about, you know, how Kawhi and, and PG would have their own against them. But Jokic really had his imprint in that series, Mike, and – and you saw Jamal Murray was the best player in game seven. Just, I mean, and you said it too, Mike, when the Nuggets need him the most, that's when he seems to rise up in big moments and do it. And now all of a sudden, we got a rematch of the 2009 Western Conference Finals and not the highly anticipated battle of L.A. Absolutely, yeah. This Denver Nuggets team has showed a lot of resiliency. And you're absolutely right. Jamal Murray, I've noticed in the trend. It started last year in the playoffs, and I'm seeing it again wholeheartedly this year. This guy rises up in pressurized moments. You're right. That that series against Utah, it was a little bit more understandable how they came back 3-1 because Utah offensively was 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 very challenged. And you knew Denver, Denver, uh, with the the weapons that they have, they had the capability of doing so. So it wasn't as surprising in, the, in round one that they came back from 3-1 because, uh, because Utah, outside of Donovan Mitchell, it was hard for them to find consistent offense. But against the Los Angeles Clippers, I mean, man, that was, that was impressive in and of itself. It was shocking for me, obviously, because I, I was – you know, very high on the Clippers this year. And, um, you know, watching what Denver was able to do with the combination of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Jok- uh, Jokic was, I mean, is, is this guy not the best, most skilled big man in the game right now, man? It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy what he can do. Uh, just, you know, a lot, of big, a lot of times you see bigs that are able to, you know, on the block that, 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 that are, you know, great passers and things of that nature. This guy doesn't have to be on the block. He can be up at the, at the three-point. He can be at the mid-range. He could be anywhere, and he he gets off a great pass, and he just his court awareness and his basketball IQ is second to almost none in the NBA. And uh, what we saw, like you said, the adjustments that were made by Mike Malone, they really they really helped out, and they really clamped down on the uh, and on the Clippers those last three games, especially in the second halves. You know, the, the, the both those it's like in the first half you watching them, they were setting the Clippers up for what they were throwing at them in the second half. In the second half, the Clippers literally in those last three games had no answer for them. You know, it was it was it was it was amazing to watch because it was like the same thing over and over and over again. And it was it was like the, they they literally 
were playing mind games with the Clippers. It was it was crazy to watch. So um, hats off to the Nuggets. They deserved this moment because they they were the they were the more composed team. They were the more mentally tougher team, and they were the more together team. You know, the, we say a lot about the Clippers, but the Clippers were a bunch of talented individuals. And they, 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 on paper, they have the most talent uh, over anybody probably in the NBA. But but at the end of the day, that that's not going to get you get it done. And they were they were. I'm not gonna lie to you, Seb. I'm gonna say something about the Clippers real quick. The Clippers, they were um their ego was getting pretty big coming into this bubble. And Agreed. You, you you could see it. You could Agreed. see it. Throughout the season, a little bit, uh, they they felt like you know they were just all big and bad. This a lot of arrogance and a lot of yeah, a lot of arrogance. And then you saw it in the you saw it in the bubble a little bit with the the mocking Damian Lillard after he missed those two free throws and you know what they had to say on taking things like that. Like you know, it's you know it's, it's Patrick Beverly and Paul George and guys like that who you know they let's be honest, they haven't won any championships. What, what do you just you guys are celebrating like you've already celebrated for for the big prize so it's it was it was different for this for this uh clippers team when you put that type of energy out there it's bound to come back to you when it came back to them tenfold I'm, i'll say this lou williams played one of the worst playoff series i've ever seen him play in his career okay. he was very bad along with Kawhi and paul george lou williams could not buy a shoot shoot a, a brick in the ocean that's how bad that's how bad he was that entire series and almost the entire bubble so but on top of that you know uh, doc rivers took a lot of blame for that you know, I understand that the dudes get into heated exchanges. I'm not putting too much stock in that. There's teams and players that get into heated exchanges all the time. It happens. So, but at the same time, the Clippers are a formidable team. They will come back next year and they will be they will be ready to go. But for this year, they not. It looked bad. They 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 they. It's no excuse for blowing a three point lead, a three one lead when you have double digit uh, leads in all three of those games. It, it got awful. Uh, performance in series for Lou Williams. I think he shot something about like 22% from the oh, field. Man. I mean, horrible. That is not like Sweet Lou. Um, coming into this bubble, you've had the Clippers who had the last three six man of the years back to back 18 and 19 for Lou. And this year, obviously, Montrez Harrell. So you figured that, you know, off the bench, they'd get a spark between those two guys, Mike. That's 51 points combined. They sure. were non existent in this series. And I thought that was another telling story. But again, you know, I got to give kudos to Michael Malone because he he did things and he had schemes where he played Millsap more, played Jeremy Grant more. He played guys that are versatile, that can move laterally, that can switch everything. It's today's game that's been a telling story. So uh, that's 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 what they did. And, and a lot of accountability too, Mike. And I'm going to give this to Doc Rivers, all right? I, I know Doc Rivers very well, obviously, for my championship uh, uh, Celtics, he gave us our 17th banner, but he needs to be on a hot seat too, Mike, because in 03 here in Orlando, up 3-1 with a young Tracy McGrady, they mm -hmm. lose that series in seven games to Chauncey Billups and those Pistons, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in 2015, he comes to Los Angeles. They have a 3-1 lead against the Houston Rockets, and we're thinking, okay, maybe this is a budding rivalry between the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors. We didn't get a chance to see that. Why? You down up 3-1 and you lose that. And it's not like you didn't have talent. You had J.J. Redick. You had oh, yeah. Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin, formerly known as Lob City. You had uh, uh, Jamal Crawford, six men off the bench, Spencer Haas, uh, Hito Turkey. I mean, come on, the list goes on. That and was then, a championship team, Sebby. Come on now, Mike. And then now, in 2020, 
you know, the Clippers who have championship aspirations and you don't deliver. And we know all the names that they've got. So, you know, I, you start to look at this and say, Doc Rivers, first coach in NBA history, multiple 3-1 leads blown. Okay, cool. But is he a bit overrated, Mike? He hasn't done much since leaving my beloved Boston Celtics. I mean, uh, for all – and no, get, don't get me wrong, Mike. I mean – Doc Rivers, revered around the league, is well-respected. He's had a coach. He's a player's coach. That's why players love playing for him. But he's been out-coached in a lot of these postseasons, and accountability got to be held with the players as well as himself as well. Absolutely. I wouldn't say he's uh, overrated. I will say that he has a, he has a tough time when it comes to coaching superstars and big-time players on his rosters. You saw the 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 the, the tumultuous and the the, the dysfunctional um, antics that were going on with the Clippers back in you know when with Lob City and those guys you know not getting along and not being able to manage those big time egos all together. And then you see that you see this season now with Kawhi, Paul George, and and you know the, the, with the team that they had constructed this year. You see that you know it was and at times, especially in the bubble, it was hard. And Patrick Beverly, it was hard to manage all those egos for him, and, and Doc didn't didn't do a great job of that. And you, but you, but you see what he what he can do last year with less, with a team with no egos, no big time superstars. You see what he can do. How he can uh, take a, a team with less and take them to the promised land, and they can uh, overachieve as well. So I think when it comes to right now. I don't. I wouldn't say he was overrated, but I, I, I would say that he needs to do a better job of managing the egos of the superstars on his teams, and um, and find a way to to hone that in and and make sure that it's an even playing field. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say even playing field, but it's but make sure that everything's consistent across the board and everybody's on the same page because they they, they the Clippers just weren't on the same page this entire bubble and most of the season. To be honest with you, it was a pretty good regular season for them, but as far as what we saw in the bubble, it was too much inconsistency, too much miscommunication, especially defensively. Uh, it was this is this was not um, the sharpest uh, Doc Rivers postseason that we've seen in, in recent memory, and um, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll bounce back from that. But, but um, this year was not one of his best for sure. And that sets up Denver and LA. LA did things that they were supposed to do, uh, took care of the Rockets in five games, and so now we've got a very intriguing Western Conference Finals. So uh, uh, kicks off tonight, night yep. Eastern on TNT. First off, what stands out to you, Mike? Uh, what stands out to me is the fact that the Lakers have a, about a week and some change rest. They they've been off they've been off for a while, and um, the fact that Denver Denver is coming off a seven game series, I feel like they'll be more game ready and more in game shape for Game One. And um, I, I actually expect them to win this Game One and uh, and uh, keep keep that ball rolling and keep that momentum flowing that they that they got from beating the Clippers. You know, they had a couple of days off to you know, get their legs under them a little bit and, and understand what they just did. So now that they're just going into this series with house money, nobody expects them to win this series, just like nobody expects them to win uh, um, against the Clippers. So, so they're going into this game with house money, and I expect them to come out and, and on fire and look good in this game. And I expect the Lakers to look a little bit rusty, you know, a little bit, a few miscommunications here and there, um, a few missed shots that, that normally would go down for them. I expect them to look a little bit rusty, but but they'll get their legs under them after this game and make the adjustments. Make no doubt there for sure. We'll see what the Los Angeles Lakers come back to as they're looking for their 17th banner as well, Mike. Two of the more story franchise, Celtics and Lakers. May we see that? Probably. They've got some work to do. It's been a while since we've seen that. More than a decade. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show, live inside the studios at WNSC. When we come back, 
We got a big D. Our featured guest, Raven McCree. The Sevy Podcast Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. Back in our uh, last episode, we spoke about our featured guest for tonight and Raven McCree, the yes. University of Central Florida, my, <laughs> my buddy, my dear friend, uh, here to talk to us about uh, Dallas Cowboys, her beloved um, Dallas Cowboys, a quote-unquote America's, America's team. team. Right? Oh, boy. The Dallas Cowboys, okay. here to represent today. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I need you to keep that energy up because we got some <laughs> questions for you, Miss uh, America's team. All right, so let's get right to it. So the Cowboys kicked off their 2020 season, Corona style, against right. the Rams on the road in L.A., and they were favored. Um, but, of course, when you need them to matter most, they whatever. fall short so <laughs> whatever what what <laughs> i gotta ask you what what happened in that game first of all it's game one <laughs> you gotta think about it we have corona we have the coronavirus everything is is switched up this oh, year there so was no preseason huh? okay. you know what i'm just saying <laughs> we were dealing we're in a pandemic right now there's a lot going on <laughs> all right um but, you know, with, without preseason, it's just everyone's just jumping right into it. And um, we got the new head coach. Very, very excited about that. Mike McCarthy, very excited. Very excited to see how the season is going to go. Okay. But um, there was a lot going on during that game. I think the one call that just really just blew my life was in the um, – really upset me was in – the fourth quarter, and Dak, you know, everybody wants to sleep on Dak Prescott, and I'm sick of it, you know? Dak needs to get paid. But I just feel like in that in that last quarter, when he threw that pass to Gallup, and they called the CPI, that call was, I mean, OPI, I'm sorry, that call was bullcrap. I don't understand. I feel like if it was anybody else on him, if it wasn't Jalen Ramsey, that wouldn't have happened. And I think that was huge in our game. I mean, yeah, we the time was running out and stuff, but, you know, we come in clutch in those moments, and I just feel like that was our moment, and it was taken away by a crap call. That that, that was a, that was a pivotal that was a pivotal call in, in that. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was okay because if you look at it, both guys were battling, and and you know like playing with each other's hands, trying to get position. And then mm-hmm. they call it against, typically they call that against the defense. I was actually shocked mm-hmm. that. Exactly. You know, they, they, they called that. But uh, there's a lot of other telling stuff. I, I thought on third down, um, mm-hmm. you guys struggled on that their area as well. Um, and Amari cool. Cooper, a guy that I like, I have on his <laughs> fantasy <laughs> team, um, he didn't show up. Now, Jalen Ramsey may have something to do with that. He is an all-pro. But I wanted to talk, ask you about CeeDee Lamb because he's a guy I think that can make a difference maker for this team because we know all about Zeke, 
We know about Amari Cooper. Um, we know about Dak and the offensive line. But I think the C.D. Lamb rookie, he's the guy that can make a difference maker. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I have really high hopes for him. Um, I think people just assume he's just going to jump in the game and just, you know, change the game from from the back. But I think it's going to take some time. You know, he's a rookie. There was no preseason. They're jumping right into it. So I think it's just going to take some time. Um, that one play, I, I think he didn't even realize he was there backing him up. And um, I think that re- everyone was kind of shocked. But I think I think CeeDee Lamb, he's going to pull through. Um, let's see the second game. Let's see the next game. Let's see how he does. And um, – I'm really, I'm really excited for him. No doubt. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Raven. Um, what, what, what stood out to you defensively for your Cowboys in this game? I mean, for me personally, it was Alden Smith. Alden yeah. Smith. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what stood out for you? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for him. He did great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's nothing but up from here. I think he's going to end up being really, really, really critical to our season. Um, and so. Really excited to see where he's gonna go, and uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, all the, yeah, all the, all the Smith. He, he, if, if he, if he continues to play like this, easily come back Player of the Year can, candidate, easily. Yeah. By far. What, what, what else? Um, what with I was, the sack what I, what too. I, exactly. You know what, what I was getting ready to ask you too, too, is this with the Cowboys? What was your thought on them going forward on fourth down, down in the goal line instead of um. Instead of going for the points with the field goal to tie the game up, what were your thoughts I on know. them going for it? Did you like that call? You know what? I don't know, man. Like, we're always a team that kind of goes for it, and I wish I wish you would have just got that field goal to tie the game, um, honestly. And, you know, when I was watching Mike McCarthy's interview after the game and he talked about it, he kind of, like, skipped over it really quick. <laughs> <laughs> and he referred back to that BS call, which I do think is BS. Um, but, you know, that's just the play call. And I don't know. I just – I feel like when you watch it on the screen, you see everything that's happening. They're definitely going to do better next game. And it, I, I, we'll see. Well, I, I had no <laughs> – I, I, I don't, don't have know. an answer for that. I had no problem <laughs> with the call. Yeah. You want to be aggressive. You want to try to win. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, you got Zeke. You, I mean, you've got great offensive line. you got weapons. I didn't have a – the play call itself, I think, was the problem, like the yeah, play that problem. they did. So um, I would have, you know, tried yeah. to play action because and everybody knows more. handing off to Zeke, I would have tried to play action. But I didn't have a problem with the play call, but you always go back and look back at it like, oh, what if? So it's one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, C D Lamb, he didn't get enough depth on that line. He didn't even get past the first down before Dak threw it to him. It was you know, it's no that's a rookie mistake. He'll he'll learn from it. Yep. Where do you but have? Also, Go ahead. Also, really excited to see Trayvon Diggs. Mm, nice DMV. Oh yeah, DMV party. DMV, you no. know. <laughs> Trayvon so Diggs. To see him. Tray, Trayvon Diggs to me has a very important role this year because you guys don't have um, Byron Jones. You lost him in free agency yep. to yep. the Miami Dolphins. So a guy like that, because that's another rookie that has a lot of pressure on him, but has great, great promise. So what do you want to see from him opposite of Awuzie on the opposite side? Mm-hmm. I think he's got what I think he's got going on. I think he'll end up pulling through really for the Cowboys. Um, I'm also really excited, too, because, you know, as he said, the Dallas Cowboys was his favorite team growing up. So I think he is going to be able to deal with that pressure pretty fine. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, my my question to you is, you know, we hear about America's team. Well, I, I differentiate. <laughs> I don't think it is America's team. But um, when you wear that star on your helmet, it comes with pressure. It comes with pride yeah. and stuff like that. Talk to us about that. Um, what's what's the expectation that it comes when you wear that star on your helmet in Dallas? A lot of expectation. I mean, especially with what what on the news the other day with um, Dak Prescott opening up about what he's been going through, and then you have you know Skip come on there and just say some crap about oh as a Dallas Cowboys you gotta be able to do that you can't talk like that as a player and it's just to me like stuff like that is kind of what bothers me yeah they're a team yeah you want to stick to the sports but when you open up about certain problems I think it really shows you know that they're human right and that's most important so I think you know when it comes to the team and you have that star it's it's You've got a lot of pressure, but you still have time and room to be human and and be a leader and show what you got to do, you know? Yeah, I agree there as well, because, you know, those stuff are very sensitive topics. You talk about depression and anxiety. Sometimes we think these athletes are superhuman because they're like, what? You actually go through that? But um, it, it is something to actually think about. And you can't listen to anything Skip says. (laughs) <laughs> you want to lose a debate? <laughs> uh, it just, I was just like, come on, man. <laughs> and all the days, I think it was on suicide or prevention day or suicide awareness day, you know, about his brother. So I was I was very disappointed to hear that. That that wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, but I, I will say, let me ask you this. Uh, what is your, being a longtime Cowboy fan, What is what is your, favorite cowboy memory of all time my favorite cowboy memory honestly i'm a huge zeke fan Mm. any single time every single time zeke hurls over somebody i'm screaming (laughs) like i'm going crazy i'm a huge huge zeke fan um every single time we they come here and it's it's the huge you know when i think back to when i was younger the huge rivalry between the um Washington team, the Washington football team, <laughs> and the Cowboys. It's just, it's just, every time we win, it's just great. If we don't win, I just, I'm sick for the rest of the day. Never went, had my head down in school, had my hoodie on in school. So I think, you know, over the years, just thinking about that rival- rivalry and just thinking about the rivalry that goes on in my own household between us, because we're strictly divided <laughs> between teams. It's just, it's just great for me. Um, and that's the game I look forward to every single year. I feel like the Cowboys play their best every single – every time it's against them, it's their best game. You know what I mean? They oh, yeah. give their all. Oh, so yeah. it's always so embarrassing when we lose because it's like, okay, like everything was left out there. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and, and that's what happened. And, and vice versa. You know, the Redskins team, I don't care what their record is, excuse me, the football team. They, they don't care yep. what their record is. They always get up for the Cowboys. It's like their Super Bowl. Always. What they, what they used to say back home, the uh, Redskins, that's our Super Bowl, Super Bowl when we play the Cowboys. Yep. <laughs> you just say it all the Ridiculous. time. Ridiculous. Yep, yep. And it, it is division rivals. So, you know, they play twice a year. They get ready for, for each other all the time, uh, too. Talk to us about that household, you know. So, you're a D- DMV native, and, and you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. How did that come upon? 
Well, you know, DC stands for Dallas Cowboys. Oh, not you too. Oh. <laughs> Let's be real. There are more Dallas Cowboy fans in DC than okay. Redskins. Okay. So I'm that, sorry. That, Washington. That's a fact. That's <laughs> My that's bad. A fact. I will say that. It is a fact. Like, honestly, the Cowboys fans are, are crazy out here. It's it's so great to come here and feel You're right about crazy, more like delusional. But no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're just very passionate, you know? But that's what happens when you are rooting for America's team. I think, you know, Reds, Ravens fans are coming out um, a little bit more stronger this year. I'm not a Ravens fan, but, you know, Lamar, he's, he's oh, yeah. great. Yeah. So I, I do support him, but, you know, straight Cowboys all day, every day. But my household, yeah, it's very divided. And then when it, we have holidays and they play them, it's like a whole battle. My basement uh, with my family, it's all Cowboys. And my mom, she's just, she's a hater. My mom, <laughs> my grandmother, it's just like, okay, you know, when the game is on, it's, it's silence, except for me and my father, because we're just huge Cowboy fans. Mm. When you look at the division, um, we think about the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I think, too, I think they're the team that can potentially um, give you guys a run for their money for the division and yeah. stuff like that. So when you think about that, do you think it's Dallas's division to lose or do you do you fear the Eagles? Do you think they're a team that you guys have to prepare for? <clears throat> I think, yeah, of course we have to prepare for them, not only just because of the team itself, but I think, you know, a lot of people don't even see how – Sometimes, you know, the Eagles is a big rivalry for us. Like, that that's a, another game that we take seriously every single time. Um, but I think this year, you know, again, just without there being a preseason, it's just, like, we're going to have to wait and see. And with the Redskins, I think they were the only ones that um, – won yeah. their first game. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, Washington's like, what? Right now. Yeah. What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, it, it, it's definitely, it's, we'll see. We'll see as the, the season goes on, and I, I'm pretty excited. Go ahead. For, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the Washington football team, yeah, I'm, you, know, you know just as well as I do, this team is, is, has been so consistent on, on playing great in week one. And then continuing mm-hmm. the rest of the season and looking like the normal Washington team that we've seen in the past. This is this, true. Is it is it something different from this Washington football team that makes you wonder why wow, we might have to worry about these guys down the line? Chase Young. Mm. <laughs> yeah, agree. <laughs> what? Yeah, Chase, Chase Young. Young, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, two six five. Oh my gosh, he he's definitely something to worry about. He just just. Uh, he, he's a he's a game scary. changer. He's a game oh, yeah. changer. Yes, he oh, yeah. is. And he's from here too. Yep, so he is. He's from here too. So I feel like it's even he's even gonna go harder, you know? So again, I, I don't I'm not a Washington supporter, but I, I am, you know, I'm not gonna ignore him. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that buzz in the in the in the in the, in the, in the, the whole DMV whenever the Redskins are doing well. Yeah. It's, it's, a, different, it's a different energy out back home. Yeah, and they changed their name and everything. So I feel like they're coming with a whole new, you know, different mindset, you know? That's a good good question to ask. Here's a good question to ask. What what do you guys think the nickname is going to be? It's the Washington football team right now, but they're they're trying to figure out a a nickname. What do you think the nickname is going to be? Since you guys are from DMV area. I really have no idea. I'm very interested, you know? I'm I'm very interested to see what they're going to come up with, but... um, 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's so up in the air. They had, they threw out a, a multitude of options once they finally got rid of the Redskins name, but they haven't narrowed it down to. I know, saw something like Warriors, so. but it don't sound. Yeah, it's in the it's in the conversation. But I saw we saw a whole bunch of a whole bunch of different <clears throat> names. It's, Tuskegee, it's, yeah. It, it, I almost feel like anything they they any name that they put is gonna feel different just because we're so used to Redskins. So yeah. any name that they put is gonna feel it's gonna take some time to get adjusted to. But yeah, I know they're definitely working on it. Yep. One of the- and I heard when they came out with the name, um, when they were really serious about speaking a name, somebody went and trademarked it. So they had mm. to. <laughs> that's when they were like, "Okay, we're we're giving it a whole um year before we decide." You know, yeah. giving it some time. One one thing that that is alarming to me is you know the Cowboys are in the NFC and NFC is stacked with with some teams. You've got the Saints, who obviously they haven't done well the last couple of seasons, the postseason, but. Now you got Tom Brady in Tampa. You've got mm-hmm. uh, the 49ers fresh off a Super Bowl run last year. The Seahawks and Russell Wilson ain't going nowhere. They've got a uh, Hucker oh, in there. The um, you've got Philadelphia, Green Bay, Minnesota. So it's like 10 teams fighting for seven spots. Uh, what what worries you um, in the whole NFC conference uh, for your Cowboys? I'm just – I'm really worried that, you know, with – the new team and the new coach and everything. I just really want us to play as a team and be connected out there. And so I'm really worried about, you know, just seeing with the other teams that we're, we're competing against that work so well together. I, I really want to see what, what's going to be the outcome. Um, but I just, I don't know. I feel like with this new, with uh, McCarthy as coach and, you know, he's very aggressive. He's a very aggressive coach. And I feel like that's just what we need. So I, I put my trust in him. I think he's he's going to do what he needs to do. Um, and, uh, yeah. There's no opponent, no team out there that, you know, you're worried about, that you're looking out for? I mean, the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, nobody that I'm looking out for, no. <laughs> I'm, we got to see, you know? You, are you, you're not buying the hype on, on the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year? No. 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 Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, so they all talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, we confident over here. <laughs> when you are America's team, you confident. <laughs> well, we know, we know. Mike, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, what? I'm glad you brought that up because what, what, what in the last twenty years or so has has given oh, given this brother. y'all the right to call yourselves America's team? I just don't understand. Oh, because whatever happens, you know, whatever our record is the year before, it doesn't matter. We always have everybody watching us. We always are the first everyone's talking about. Everyone's always watching us. So I think, you that, know. That is true. That is yeah. true. That's true. Every, every season <laughs> opener starts with the Cowboys. They play on Thanksgiving. They, yeah. play, they they got that media look. I'll give them that. That's that's true. Okay. As far as the but as far as the play on the field, they, that that's not a that's not an even balance. Um, as far as well. uh, whatever, I'm so sick American, of hearing it. So your American <laughs> team, as far as you know, the media hype and the you know the revenue that you generate, obviously Jerry Jones, the billion dollar play pay, you know, it's yeah, one of those things. And you know, but as far as on the field, it's, it doesn't even out. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
we 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 got we got to work on some stuff. We got to get past that first game. You know what I mean? The playoffs. Oh yeah. We, we, we got to do a lot. But I just I don't know. I, I I feel like with this new coach, we're coming in. We're coming aggressive, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. A big thing this year is Dak's uh, contract. It's it's been actually a telling story the last couple seasons. I thought that. Dak Prescott should have got an extension after year three, but yeah. they've been prolonging it. Um, you know what I'm saying? And and now they're in a position where they're constrained. Like you have to pay him now. So uh, where do you, what's your thoughts on that and your stance? He needs to get paid. He needs to get paid every single year. Dak proves he needs to get paid. He show he show he comes clutch. He shows what he needs to do. Um, just like that last play that happened that you know the, the last play the um where they called that foul and gallop and I didn't agree with I mean that was a beautiful pass that was great I didn't even it was so quick I was like wow okay you know and I think he just you know he shows us that he gets things done under pressure and that's really important um for us so is he the guy uh, he needs to get paid lead the team to the title yes yes <laughs> Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Then that, do you feel like he deserved? I, I I agree with you that Dak deserves the he deserves to get an extension for this team for right now. But do you feel like he deserves to get the Russell Wilson money, the Aaron Rodgers money, the big time, close to forty million dollar money that he was asking for? I mean, he's always being talked about, so why not? Uh, he's there. up there with them, so why not? Uh, up there with them at how? Well, okay, all right. Yeah, he don't have a ring. <laughs> you know, he hasn't he hasn't done he's he's definitely in my top ten quarterbacks. Okay. Right now. Okay. And so he should be getting that money. Okay. And then again with being the Dallas Cowboy, you know, with being the Dallas Cowboys, he should get paid more. It's just it's it needs to happen. Okay. Okay. Week two this year, uh, this week in Atlanta, y'all season opener at home. We're going to see what you guys uh, put out uh, for sure. Um, another thing that's been going on is the NBA playoffs. Uh, yes. And it's it's been going on. I know you you love your hoops, too. What's What stood out to you thus far um, throughout these playoffs? The Nuggets. The Nuggets have really surprised me. And I just – I actually loved watching Jamal Murray. Like, oh, my gosh. He was just eating up. Like, I, that that game – was crazy and I think <laughs> you know playoff P showed up <laughs> we saw what he was about <laughs> when I was watching the screen and they put up um Kawhi 14 points um Paul George 10 and I was mm-hmm. looking at it, I was like wait a minute this was this fourth quarter what that's it like I I was really shocked game seven like <laughs> really I was really shocked um so I think that surprised me, especially because the Clippers were talking so much about the Lakers. You know, I think everyone just said, oh, well, the Clippers are going to be the only team that's going to be able to beat the Lakers. And what now? <laughs> like all those Clipper fans, what do you have to say now? <laughs> Kim with a lot of arrogance and ego throughout the bubble. Do you think that that was one of the reasons why potentially that they, you know, didn't meet my expectations? Making- yeah, of course. Of course. When you come in with that, that's your result. And I think, you know, just losing by that much, it was embarrassing. That was kind of a whooping, you know? And I think, you know, they learned their lesson 
they've been memes and just the laughing. I mean, every I think everybody was tuned in that night, just shocked on, on how they went out. So um, definitely, they they it, it was ridiculous, but fun to watch. No doubt, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, you need to you need to get knocked down on the ground before you really can become a champion. And the Clippers were walking, like you said, they were walking around like they were already champions for, yeah. for the most part. And you know, like you said, you got to get knocked down, and they'll learn from this, and they'll they'll come back stronger next year. I actually think they'll be one of the favorites again next year. Yeah. But, I, but as far who who is your who's your who's your team that you root for in the NBA? I actually don't root for any team. Okay. But I'm a LeBron fan. Yeah. Um, JT, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I, I kind of just look out for players, but I'm um, definitely LeBron's. So I guess you could say I'm a Lakers fan. Um, and I was just watching this game with the is, Celtics. Is, is, this, is this the best mm-hmm. chance for LeBron to get his fourth title? I think so. Think so. I think so. Yeah, everything is kind of like everything's mapped out like that, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. Seems like I it. think so, and I want I want to see him get it, but I also want to see a good game, you know. Um, with the Nuggets, <laughs> I think yeah. that's gonna be a better series than what people think. Uh, I think that yeah, I think so the too. Nuggets don't have quit in them. I think it's gonna be a a pretty uh, a longer series than that. Um, in the Eastern Conference, you've got the your your JT guy, your the Celtics and, and the Heat. Um, the Heat they they're ten and one right now. Uh, what are you seeing in that series as well? The Celtics want to win. We got to step up. You know what I mean? They got to step up. It's it's. The last game, too, it's just, it was, I mean, anything, anything from beyond the paint, like, mm. I, I just didn't see. And it's just when you're trying to keep up with a team like Miami, who is just buckets after buckets, I mean, crazy. They got a lot to work on. They, and, and being down, too, is, is not a good look. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Good. Yeah. One one of the things that stood out for me uh, with Boston was the fact that they turned the ball over a lot, especially in game two. Even when yeah. Miami, even when Miami wasn't, you know, they they got down fifteen or seventeen, they weren't turning the ball over enough, and they were giving themselves a chance. You knew, okay, as long as at some point these shots are going to go in, it's just one of those situations where they they they, they had to continue the ball hard, and and in the second half you saw what happened. But do you see a scenario where Boston can make some adjustments and come back and uh, make this a, a very much competitive series? I do see. I mean, I think they can come back. I just, I, I think, you know, with Marcus Smart and and he was doing a lot and then just seeing Jalen Brown do a lot. I, I I don't know if I saw Kimball Walker do much defensively. Mm, right. And I think that's a problem for them. Yeah. Yeah. He's been getting picked on a lot by, by yeah. and, and Jimmy Butler. So. And, you know, when I watch it, I feel like Marcus Smart is keeping up, you know? Right, yeah. And he's like the only one. How so, yeah. How, how about this, y'all? What about the absence of Gordon Hayward? Is that is that coming to fruition right now? Yeah, I think it is. I think yeah. it is it's, it's messing uh, messing the Celtics up. Mm. I, I I think that when he comes back, he's come off the bench. You don't want to mess up the routine and chemistry that they have right now. But exactly. he, yeah, he, yeah. Stevens yeah. learned from his mistake last year. Putting him right, 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 right. And also the fact that you know he's coming off that it's I know it's a sprain and a sprain ankle, but sprain, like yeah. you don't want to rush him too. So min, limited minutes off the bench is it's what's good for them. But I mean, Gordon Hayward isn't Kevin Durant or Michael Jordan. I don't think he's gonna. Alter change, change his series. Much. Yeah, right. like mm-hmm. I think his role is just to play make, 
um, defend and get buckets. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Right. We'll see. It's just oh gosh, watching the Heat and and Robinson. I mean, all he does is shoot. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and that's a, all he needs to do. And it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It is. It is. This is our favorite part of of the of the show. This is our favorite segment. Mike and I, we like to get into the uh, kind of get to know our guests and and get to know have a feel um, of their personal life uh, and stuff. So um, it's pretty simple. It's the scenario questions. We'll ask you this. You'll pick from this and that, and uh, we'll move on forward from that. Mike, you can start. Sure. Um, let's do it like this. All right, I'll ask you this question too: Queen B or Rihanna? Um, Queen B all day. Oh, okay. I knew she was going to pick that. Queen B. No one raising. I already knew she was going to pick that. <laughs> I love Rihanna. I love her today. I love her. But just Beyonce, everything she does for the culture, Queen B. She's been Queen B since she's been out, you know, since yeah. she left. I mean, and then Destiny's Child, forever iconic, Beyonce. Gotcha. Okay. 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 That's a good one. I know you're a model, so. Um, you know, you, you got your little fashion sense thing going on. So what player has better fashion sense? We're going to go Russell Westbrook or we're going to go with LeBron James. Russell, Ooh. hands down. <laughs> well, what's what's so interesting about Russell's drip? It's different. <laughs> it's different. It's different. I love I, I, I mean, LeBron, I mean, I don't think anything is really different about his style. I think his, his drip is just, is typical. Yeah, he, he put, he, he does his thing. He puts it together. But I think Russell just tests it more, you know? Yeah. He's more out there. And I, I kind of like different stuff. Russell will put on the stuff that normal people won't put on. Put it out. Yeah. Yeah. I like agree. almost Cam Newton level. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Mike, go ahead. What would um, are what's your favorite uh genre to watch as far as, you know, shows or movies are concerned? Comedy, action, you know, uh, drama, anything? What's your favorite? Uh, side Gosh, if I would have to pick one, I would probably say, like romantic coms and action. Okay, Ooh. I love a good action movie, but I like to laugh too. And I feel like all romantic comedies are the same, and I guess that's what's so funny about it because. <laughs> They all have the same plot, the same story. It's just pretty funny. But I like a good action mystery mix-up movie that has you thinking and trying to solve, and and also a good fighting scene, like all mm. of the Marvel movies. Yeah. What's what's the what's the last uh, best action movie you've seen? My favorite has to be Black Panther. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to to Chadwick Boseman. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah, agreed, 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 agreed. My type of girl, you like suspense and stuff. Although I thought you was going to go with drama because Raven loves some tea. She likes to know the tea. <laughs> so I thought you were going to go there. But um, yeah, actually, I, that was a little tongue twister there um, that you picked that. Um, next question here is, um, if you had one opportunity, it could be a celebrity, it could be a model, you can follow them and shadow them uh, for... A, a month in whatever they do, who would that person be? Oh my gosh. I mean, no other than the Queen Bee, as mm-hmm. you just mentioned. I love Beyonce. I love all that she does for people. I love all that she does for the culture. And I feel like, you know, 
her life just seems amazing. She has everything going. She has her kids, and I feel like it'd be so fun just to watch. And I would be fun just being her assistant. Like, what do you need? I got it. You need me to run to the grocery store? Yeah, I'll do anything. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) I love Beyonce. I've been a huge Beyonce fan. And if there's one celebrity I would like to meet, it's definitely her. Gotcha. I I was, I was actually disappointed that last Netflix uh, thing that she had. Yeah? I don't know if you, yeah, I didn't, I didn't don't know. I didn't really like that one. What last, oh, you mean the one on um, Disney Plus? Yeah, yeah, the the Africa. You didn't like it? No, I thought it was gonna be like a movie movie. I it was oh, more of like a play or yeah. yeah. It's like a it kind of like a visual album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I liked that. I liked all the different clothes. The content was like. cool. I just expected Yeah. More. Oh, yeah, I expected more. Well, we all don't right, want so her to act. <laughs> this is this is a throwback summer question from um from, from, from one of Summer's music hits. All right, Grace or We Paid? Ooh. We paid. Okay. Ooh. Sorry. I mean, I love that. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Drake fan. <laughs> we paid is we paid we, a we, hit. We paid was it was numbers. They did numbers. Yeah, we yeah. paid <laughs> platinum billboards, everything. So it was TikTok. TikTok is that. <laughs> Speaking of TikTok, that's something that you're really big on. What what really got you into that? Like. I, I got to notice your creativity, your creative side on that. Explain to us about that and what really got you into it. Well, um, I do many things. I am an actress. I dance. Um, I'm a media personality. You know, I'm into a lot of different things with going into entertainment. And um, TikTok is a great place for all of that. It's a great place to have many scenes and, and memes and laugh Um but I got into it because I just kept seeing so much funny content on there. And it was kept making it from Twitter to, I mean, from TikTok to Twitter. And so I would go on there and do the little dances and I would see what people are laughing about. And I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty funny app. And so I follow it. I, I love TikTok. I, I love keeping up with the new dances. And I think, you know, if TikTok eventually gets banned, that sucks. <laughs> Maybe something else will come back. We don't We don't know. But. TikTok is pretty. It's pretty cool. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, there for sure. <laughs> Our last question before we wrap it up with you this the today. Um, you know, it's 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 a telling thing because a lot, women in in especially in our industry in sports, it's not something that it's profound. Like you, you just, people get ridiculed by that and things of that nature. But um, on top of that, you know, you being a Black African American and Black excellence and stuff, do you take pride in that and being able to kind of change the the stigma and, and change society's view on that? Yeah, I really do. You know, a lot of times people will say, a lot of times people are always shocked. Like the, like I was telling you, you know, off record, so many people would just be like, so how did you get into sports? I'm like, wow, like, would you ask a man that? <laughs> you know what, what I mean? It's just, it's just so many questions that people would ask, you know, And it's just a a question that people ask all the time. And I think, you know, as a black woman, especially black women in sports, it's really important to, to break that stigma and to come in and, and show that, you know, what you're doing, you know, that you're you're in for it, for the passion and we can make a difference together, especially when you, when you help each other up and you just support each other. It's a, it's a huge difference. And I, I love seeing anywhere with diversity. 
diversity is definitely what we need. Diversity is America. And the more we can have diversity with everything, it, it shows a lot. Yeah, agreed. Especially what's going on in this world, um, in our country. Um, diversity is much needed. Uh, this was fun. This was fun. I, Mike, I think this is the best in like energy and enthusiasm we've oh, had. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's, it's guest, so, uh, you really, you really, we really had fun with you and it was a pleasure. Great to have yes, you. Yes. It was great being on here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And uh, folks, if you guys want to connect with Raven, um, we'll go ahead and um, definitely on the description box, put all her social media handles and um, move on forward from that as well. But again, like this, this was fun. This was great. And um, it was great to have you on and, and moving on forward. Yes. Thank no you. Doubt, no doubt, Raven. I love your energy. Keep doing your thing. Um, and uh, good luck to you and all your future endeavors. Yes. And keep representing for the DMV. You know <laughs> thank it. you. you know <laughs> no doubt there for sure. everyone we're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show and frankly even some of our other episodes as well if you want to show your appreciation for the show ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our itunes and spotify and remember you can stay locked in here and connected sevipodcast.info link for the latest news articles interviews and much more and remember wherever you're listening on air or online The Sebi Podcast is wherever you go.